This program is part of the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network. For more shows like this, visit our website at CosmicPotato.com. Hi, this is Shane. And this is Virginia. And this is Wait You've Never Seen, a podcast dedicated to discussing well-known movies and TV shows that one of us has never seen. And today we're discussing, wait, you've never seen the shop around the corner? I have now! That joke. Maybe I'm done with doing that joke. Okay. (laughs) Um, so, up front we want to talk about two things. Yes. There's attempted suicide towards the end of the movie. Was that just... You know, I don't want to speculate on that. We can get it to it. I have to... some thoughts on it. But... Okay. And then also, um, they, at one point in the movie, they use the term gypsy, which is actually a slur against Roma, Romani people. I'm not <clears> sure. <throat> I'm not exactly sure what the correct term is. But... In case people is, didn't know that. Is traveler a I don't derogatory know. term? I don't know. Maybe my sister can uh, let us know if traveler is a derogatory term. They're, the gypsies are called travelers in Ireland. Oh, I did not know that. Traveler just sounds... I don't know. It sounds nice. I don't know. Like little person sounds nice. Like it doesn't sound... It sounds like you're not being offensive but anyway so what what three things did you expect from this movie okay (laughs) so i already knew thanks to you uh Uh uh-huh before we before we even started on this pod uh doing these podcasts you did say that that movie was based on You've Got Mail from, was it 2000 or 1999? Um, You've Got Mail was based on this movie. I'll That's have you what know. I meant to say. I know. Did I not say that? You said the opposite. I meant the other that way. That this movie was based on You've oh, Got Mail. Um, I'm not good with math. You've Got Mail was from 1998. 98, okay. So, I expected a romantic comedy. Okay. I expected, since I expected a romantic comedy, of course I expected a happy ending. Right. And I, I guess I was, I was expecting like a French farce, like, okay. oh, you're, the person who you don't want to see is here, so you go hide there, and then as that person's hiding, a third person comes in, and then hilarity ensues. Right. I just described French, uh, uh, French farce. You probably already knew what that meant. I'm sorry. That's okay. So, um, it sounds like maybe you didn't expect to like it very much. Now, maybe I'm influenced by you, <laughs> because you say that your baseline is a three, uh-huh. and then... You will go from there. Right. Like, you're not going to pass judgment on something that you just have... Limited uh, knowledge. Yeah. You're not going to judge a book by its cover, even though people do that. A movie by its poster. (laughs) Exactly. I'm sorry. It's okay. Uh, So, I gave it three stars. Okay. Because I thought, well, give it a chance. Right. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. So what was your your one sentence TV guide summary? 
Now, I'm a literal person. Okay. So when you say, oh, like, you've got mail is based on shop around the corner. Right. So I took it, like, more literally than that. Okay. So, (laughs) this is wrong. A couple in New York City fall in love anonymously while hating each other professionally. That's kind of exactly what happens. They hate each other pers. Wait, no. They hate each other professionally. While falling in love anonymously. Yes. So I mean, that's exactly yeah. what happened. But like, it wasn't literally. It wasn't obviously. It wasn't in New York. It was happening. It was happening in Budapest. Yes. yes. Budapest. Oh, I see what you're. I see what you're saying. So yeah, I, I just literally thought they were gonna do exactly what they did in the original. So, would you like to hear what IMDb had to say about it? I absolutely do. Let's see. Well, it says in this music... Oh, wait. It's not a musical, is it? It's not a musical. Why why are they saying musical? Because this is actually for another remake of this movie. (gasps) Oh, my goodness. From 1949 called In the Good Old Summertime with Judy Garland, which is why it's a musical. This podcast is like watching a M. Light Shyamalan movie. There's twists and turns. Twists and turns. Okay. Ah, Judy Garland was dead the whole time. <laughs> so, the shop around the corner. You, wait, um, you're going to read. You're going to go back to the musical. No, wait, what? You're not you're, are you going to read the description oh, okay, of for, the Judy Garland movie? Let's start with um You've Got Mail from 1998. Okay. <laughs> Two business rivals who despise each other in real life unwittingly fall in love over the internet. I mean, yeah. That's pretty... I I expected exactly. (laughs) In the good old summertime, which is from 1949. Yes. In this musical, Van Johnson and Judy Garland play two clerks in a sheet music store Mm -hmm. who detest each other on site. Both reserve their words of affection for their respective pen pals, whom they've never met. However, it turns out Johnson is Garland's pen pal and she his. Now, the reason I'm reading this off of Rotten Tomatoes is because the one on IMDb didn't have a description. I this see. This was the only description. And it's not yeah, one sentence. Yeah, it's a little sentence. longer. Yeah, yeah, it's longer than... But why... Are you ready for the... for the? Uh, of course. Yeah, let's hear the, the actual movie that we the saw. The actual movie that we saw <laughs> called The Shop Around the Corner, which is what Meg Ryan's bookstore was called, and you've got mail. It's adorable. Yep. It's not rated because it's from 1940. Mm-hmm. Um, one hour, 39 minutes. It's a comedy drama romance. And it says, Two employees at a gift shop can barely stand each other without realizing that they are falling in love through the post as each other's anonymous pen pal. Okay, just can I just say real quick, right off the top? Uh-huh. Three movies have been made based on this ridiculous idea <laughs> of falling in love while hating each other. Yes. Why? Is this an attractive idea? Personally, I would find this horrific. I would think I don't know myself if I was falling in love with someone who I really hated. Right, right. <laughs> it w- well, it was based on... It goes even further back and uh. was based on a play by Nicholas Laszlo. Now, I didn't look that up because I already had three movies on my hands. I mean... Th- the rabbit hole goes deep on this idea. Correct. Of loving and hating someone. <laughs> so... How did things meet your expectations? So I didn't expect it to be a 
a movie set in Europe during World War Two just and they don't kind of mention it. Right. They don't mention I mean it's obviously Americans not even bothering most of them not even bothering to do uh, Hungarian accents. None of them did accents, I don't think. I had written that down. Like, it's in Hungary. They're not even bothering to fake accents. I'm not sure how the Hungarian... Is it Hungarian that they're speaking? Or um, that they would be speaking? All the signs sure. are in another language. I'm assuming it's yes. Hungarian. I think, from that, based solely on that movie, I'm mm-hmm. thinking that there's no pronouns in Hungarian. Because everyone used their last names... Each other's last names constantly. What do you mean? Everyone was always... Let's see. They had weird... They had... Well, they had... Not weird names, but they had Hungarian names. Like Mr. Krilik. Mm-hmm. Kralik? Kralik. Kralik. Mr. Matacek. Mr. Matacek. Uh, even Miss Novak. Mm-hmm. But they were pronouncing it probably the Hungarian way. Novak, I think. Novak. There were constantly, you didn't notice that, but there were constantly, yes, Miss Novak, Novak, Novak. I, I just thought it was a convention of the 40s where it's like, um, we don't call anyone by their first name unless we've spe- been specifically asked to. You know how like in back in the Jane Austen days, it was always, this is the Mrs. Austen. We don't call them Jane and Mary until we've been formally introduced or whatever. I mean, I've watched other movies, we very recently have watched other movies from a similar time period, and, like, people aren't, like, bending over backwards to repeat their last names over and over again. That's true. This movie I don't in know. particular. Anyway. Interesting. So, so I gave it a, a, a three and a half. I liked it a little bit more uh, than I thought I would. That kind of surprises me, actually. I thought for really? sure you would go... Go um, down in your rating. Oh, why? Did you not think I was enjoying it? I really didn't. Especially something you said. We were watching it and it got to one part. I don't remember what it was. And you were like, oh, come on. Like, okay, there's something here that's like that you weren't enjoying. But I guess not. Oh, okay. So any romantic comedy is like absolutely ridiculous. And there are... There are romantic comedy devices mm-hmm. that are in this movie. Mm-hmm. And there are actions or choices that could only happen in a romantic movie and not result in, like, uh, criminal charges being oppressed, <laughs> you know? Or or at least, like, you know, uh, social, um, um, you know... Ostracism. Thank you. Yeah. So, so I... I feel like it was really, it was really shitty of uh, Mr. Krillick, mm-hmm. played by Jimmy Stewart. Right. Jimmy Stewart, who, Jimmy Stewart plays Jimmy Stewart in every role he's ever it's played. It's true. It's true. He has about five expressions. He has a nice, sort of calm way of speaking sometimes. I know when he gets mad, doggone it, he kind of talks like this. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes... He gets an interesting idea. And his voice goes up high like this. What about his Western voice? You know he was in a couple Westerns. Do you really think... <laughs> I, want, I want to hear you say yee-haw in a Jimmy Stewart accent. Uh, 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 yee-haw. <laughs> <laughs> that, that wasn't even trying. Uh, okay, so 
so getting back to the <laughs> the um, the thing that you know the the romantic comedy trope, mm-hmm. like it was really shitty of Jimmy Stewart to toy with Miss Novak when he finds out first who she is. He like manipulates her throughout right. the whole thing. Yeah, and then at the very end, spoilers. At the very end, she apologizes for something, and he's just like, "Oh, well, that's okay." Right. Yeah. And he never says like, "Oh, by the way, I've been fucking with you this whole time." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree. So, so if I was getting annoyed, I would get I get annoyed. I would get annoyed in this in a similar way in any romantic comedy. I feel like it's kind of the reverse situation from when we watched the Truman Show, because you oh. were like, "Oh, this is a really great movie," and I was enjoying. And then I'm like, "They're gaslighting yeah. the absolute crap out of him." Right. And so it's just like like a global global gaslighting. Is yeah. What they're doing to this man who's hurt, which is horrible. So I'm. I'm just like, oh yeah, now that's like I like this movie where he's basically just being an, a <laughs> heel the entire time. You can enjoy it, but you have to realize, right? Acting this way in real life Is would wrong. would make you a monster. Yes, I agree. Looking at you, Tom Hanks. I wow. mean Jimmy Stewart. Ooh. <laughs> I mean other guy whose name I don't remember. So I didn't expect. I have a few notes. Here. Okay. I so as far as my um, me liking the movie a little bit more had to do with um, keeping me interested by twists and turns and things I didn't expect. Like I didn't expect Jimmy Stewart's character to get fired while asking for a raise. Like that's oh yeah, that's an interesting. And I I wouldn't necessarily call it interesting, but when his boss tries to kill himself and gets stopped, and uh, presumably uh-huh. only. Doesn't kill himself because of the messenger boy, whatever that. Um, pe- uh, Pepe Katona, I think I wrote down Pepe Katona because yeah. he's a, he's a he is a big mouth. He has a loud mouth. He's very loud. Because well, we'll get into this in a second. <laughs> it seems pres- you can't. It, all the action happens off screen, but it looks like he's actively stopping. Right, Mr. like wresting the gun from his hands or something. Yeah, he runs out of the room. The only th- the only thing you see is him running out of the room with the gun. He he goes in and stops him essentially. Right. N- not exactly the formulaic romantic comedy. Right. Thing. Yeah. Um. Go ahead. Um. Speaking of Mr. Matichek, did yes. you know? Did you uh, recognize that that actor was also the wonderful Wizard of Oz? Frank Morgan. I'm listening to that voice, and we're. <laughs> one of the things is I try not. I don't Google things, like questions I have or things right. that I'm thinking of. Like, like who is that guy? Like well, what? Yeah. Like the voice. I didn't recognize his face. You know. Well, I think we both like if whoever hasn't seen the movie before will be like, hey, look it up on IMDb so I don't spoil myself on what happens. Who's that actor? Or whatever. <laughs> but he said a few... Because th- at first I didn't recognize him either. But he said a few things that were exact lines that he had in The Wizard of oh Oz. Oh my gosh, that's funny. And I'm like, God, that almost voice similar... sounds so familiar. And then I finally put it together. In a way, if you think about it, he's almost... He's almost like a character actor. And right. he's kind of playing the same character, like the godlike character. <laughs> well, yeah, and um, 
And this was just like the year after, because 39 was the big year in Hollywood with uh, uh, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, Wizard of Oz, Gone with the Wind. So just the year before, both Jimmy Stewart and Frank Morgan had been in kind of, I guess, what would have been a blockbuster for 1939. So, was it Vadish? He was a total douche. And a suck up. Oh yeah, he was flashy and the arrogant. Pretty, the pretty boy with the. And he was banging the boss's wife. Why didn't they? Re- okay, I guess the answer is it's nineteen forty. Uh huh. But they never really come right out and say that exactly. Right, I get. Yeah, that's you, true. It's assumed like because the, the private this, investigator. There's an intolerable person in their life, and you hate him immediately. Mm hmm. And you kind of get the feeling that uh, Mr. Matichek mm-hmm. and Mrs. Matichek aren't living together, probably. Oh, I didn't get... I mean, I knew they were, like, on the outs, but I didn't get the feeling that maybe they didn't live together. There was something like, like oh, like, obviously Pepe or whoever, like, someone was going somewhere, and I... Anyway, I, I thought, like, oh, okay, there's no way you wouldn't have run into her... If you were going to see him, oh, so right. there must be two different places. Oh uh, right, gotcha. Yeah. And the reason I said that that Pepe Pe- Pepe could t- I wish I could remember how to say his first name, but we watched this last week. Anyway, he has a big mouth because when um, when Mrs. Matichek called at the end of the movie, called the store at the end of the movie. He just, he just like basically just said, yeah, you can shove it and um, I know you've been screwing around and like he had just told Mr. Matichek or um, Krolik that he wouldn't say anything like it was their secret and then he goes <laughs> and blabs it to the entire store. For all of two seconds. Right. Which, I mean, it's good that they know what's going on and of course in this type of movie they would have found out but it was just like, really, you can't keep your mouth closed for two seconds. Really? So I have a question for you. Okay. Uh, did this, I had, I wasn't paying attention, I, I often do. Did this movie pass the Bechtel test? Well... Um, yes, there were a couple of female characters. There was uh, Clara Novak, or Clara Novak, I can't remember. It's with a K, Um, so it's, right? Yes. Um, there was Flora and Ilona. Ilona had the the, uh, fur shawl, because Mm. when it definitely passes the Bechdel test is when Flora asks Ilona about her new gray uh, gray fox rap oh right okay and the rest of the time like there's one point where Flora uh, Clara tells Flora oh I can't work late tonight because I have an engagement well her engagement is to go on a date so they're not really I mean technically they're not talking about a man but they're talking about her appointment with the man so that's why I'm saying the only for sure one is the the gray silver fox or whatever it was at the beginning something i did notice though which kind of surprised me for 1940 was that um when uh clara and what was his first name alfred i think they um 
they were in the stock room and she was trying to butter him up so she could get off work to go to her appointment her engagement and um, she says something like um, well you know the other places I've worked I know what they mean when they say let's go to the stock room but when you say let's go to the stock room I know you just mean business and we're not going to like she was basically talking about workplace harassment in 1940 which was kind of like hey that's that's interesting right and that's subtle like you have to be subtle or else it, you know it wouldn't be accepted as a movie it wouldn't be accepted in 1940 that isn't I totally miss that so I have I would like uh-huh. to say uh-huh. I have a couple of thoughts about the uh, disability portrayal in this movie okay and this is Again, I did. I need to reiterate that I did enjoy this movie despite some problems that I found with it. Uh-huh. Like a couple of things I found, um, I found irritating was that uh, Clara is all depressed and she's in bed, and you know it's, uh, her her date didn't show up and she's having a hard time, and she's clearly they don't. I don't know if they use the word depressed, but she's clearly in a depression. Right. And then this movie seems to tell me that a romantic letter can cure depression. Right. Like all of a sudden, oh, everything's fine now because I finally got my, my pen pal letter. Uh-huh. And everything's great now. And then she all of a sudden has this, you know. And meanwhile, Jimmy Stewart, isn't he's there, but he's not putting her mind at ease, you know. Well, yeah. because He couldn't just say, hey, I'm your pen pal and I'm totally into you. Of course, because this is 1940. Um, <laughs> he just lets her sit there and fret, which is, like you were saying, that's kind of mean. Right. But yes, it, it is also really not acceptable that it's just like, here's the cure. Oh, that's, Click. yeah, that's how you do it. Like, as though, like, yeah, depression can be about, you know, external, you know, a situational thing. It can have lots of different things, but it also just be chemical. It can be chemicals in your brain. Doesn't mean that you know. It's true. Like, oh, here's this romantic letter where everything is cool. It's like, okay, um, that doesn't so- suddenly cure a chemical imbalance in my brain. Right. I know, along those same lines, um, evidently, in this magical world, in this magical <laughs> romantic comedy world, good financial news can cure someone of suicidal ideation. Yes, that's true. <laughs> the, uh, Mr. Matichek at the end. Yeah. Like, his store has never done better. And all right. of a sudden, oh, right. I'm feeling better. Yeah. I mean, I'm simpli- I'm oversimplifying. No, but- I get what you're saying. And I'm glad you pointed those out because I, I wasn't really paying. I mean, I hadn't paid as close attention to that as you had. So I'm glad you said something. Well, me too then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... So, are there any pop culture references you now understand? Well, the um, the movie you've got mail. Uh, they seem to have, and I'm and I'm basing this on like my memory, my memory of the movie, right? Mm-hmm. But they seem to go out of their way to make certain locations look like the locations in Shop Around the Corner. For example, when that pivotal scene when Tom Hanks's character and Dave Chappelle, they're they both realize that oh, it's oh, Meg it's, Ryan's right, character uh-huh. outside the diner or coffee shop or wherever she is. Right. 
with the in shop around in the movie shop around the corner it was like a carnation right like she had a carnation in front of her and he had a carnation on his she he, she was supposed to be using the car the carnation as a bookmark right. in Anna Karenina mm-hmm. and he was supposed to be wearing it as a lapel thing that was in the shop around the corner I can't remember I think it was basically the same for for you've got Ma- we haven't watched you've got mail so when they're when uh, Dave Chappelle and Tom Hanks are sort of like outside the sh- the the restaurant or coffee shop whatever they're looking through a window that looks just like right the window you know what I'm talking about like that frosted sort of it has like those they're narrow windows and like you can see over the top the top windows you can see over but the second layer of windows has like a uh, like a curtain like a short oh, right. curtain around them uh-huh. and then when they go inside in the movie shop around the corner I think both movies anyway it looks it looks very similar yeah and um when the moment when i knew that the you've got mail had copied um the shop around the corner was after i'd seen the shop i saw you've got mail first then i watched the shop around the corner Mm -hmm. and when tom hanks slash jimmy stewart walk into the restaurant they both after they have their encounter with um with uh what's with their respective Claras. Yes. <laughs> um they both go and sit at the table directly behind her. Like I mean you could you could measure it up exactly. Oh, and it's very and and cinematically that like that tells you a very um that tells you visually what's happening. Right. They you know? don't have their body language toward each other. So clearly yeah, they, they don't like each other. Yeah, they hate each other and yet they're in close proximity and also they're falling in love. Right. <laughs> so I think um, how the movie would be different with today's technology, you could just watch You've Got Mail. I mean, that's a little outdated now. <laughs> that's funny. I mean, you might have to throw Today Tinder like or OkCupid okay in there or something. T- well, Tinder, Tumblr. but they would both have to have their animals as their profile pictures. Or true, something. true. Because yeah. you're, you're only responding what to What was photograph. Tom Hanks' dog's name? Like, uh, oh, I don't know. I want to say Einstein, but no, that's Back to the Future. <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah. Tom Unless Tom you have something specific for updated technology, I just plan to say, watch You've Got Mail. And I am interested, like. So every so often, there are certain movies that just always get remade. Right. Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Right. And this shop around the corner just seems to be one of those, one of those movies. Like I, I could tell you, I'm not going to, but I could (laughs) tell you more why people are people respond to Invasion of the Body Snatchers because it's a it's an allegory. Oh wait, I'm explaining it. (laughs) <laughs> like the allegory there is like here comes this thing that like it's just going to invade it it's a political idea that's going to come in and just take over right like that makes that makes sense this idea of like it there's something disturbing about about the idea of like the person you might hate the most you could fall in love with that person. There seems to be something. It's something a volatile just, combination. It's disturbing. Like maybe you could fall in love with them, but maybe also you'd be miserable with each yeah. other. Yeah. 
You might love each other, but you might not like each other, and that yeah. that could be disastrous. Yeah, I don't. It doesn't. It doesn't seem healthy. I agree. I don't hate you. The, oh, isn't that sweet? <laughs> You're supposed to say I don't hate you either. It's well, the I was, new I love you too. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say that I love you, but like this, we're already talking about a romantic comedy, and this is already <laughs> sickeningly sweet. So. Oh, so one other thing before we wrap up. Yes. As I was going to say, in honor, because we talked a lot about You've Got Mail and about uh, the shop around the corner, but neither one of us has seen In the Good Old Summertime with Judy Garland. However, I surprisingly know one of the songs from that movie, even though I've never seen it. So I'm just going to tack that on to the end of the episode once you get the that means music I, for me. That means I'm going to have to go find it, which I will. I emailed it to you. You just have to get the sound. On that note, <laughs> uh, thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so oh. you can find us on iTunes and Stitcher and also on the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network at CosmicPotato.com. Episode transcripts and links to what we talked about are available on our website at waityouveneverseen.com. There is something else I wanted to mention about the transcripts. Please. Because I've been having some health issues of my own lately, and it's a little bit harder for me to type than it used to be. So if I'm not able to complete the entire edited transcript of our episodes by the time they're released, I'm still going to put up the rough edited transcript. I mean, the rough transcript, not edited. Um, the rough transcript that just comes straight from, like, YouTube and just post that so there's at least something to kind of help people along before I can actually go in and edit the whole thing because that can sometimes take a while. Anyways, so you can also find us on Facebook and Twitter under Wait YNS. And if you want to email me your own transcripts... <laughs> oh, nice You can one. do so at wait you've never seen at gmail.com. Leave us some feedback. Let us know if you have any suggestions for movies we should watch. If you've ever fallen in love with someone you hated, <laughs> I'd love to know. That's our show for today. Next time we'll be start, starting our holiday theme month. Is this, are we going to have like jingle bells right here? Like, that's like all up bells. to you. That's, like, you're, that's the, you're the sound man. Oh, I can picture them in my little brain. <laughs> we will start with Miracle on 34th Street. The original. Thanks for listening. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> they say I'm crazy, got no sense, but I don't care. They may or may not mean offense, but I don't care. You see, I'm sort of independent. I am my own superintendent, and my star is on the ascendant. That's why I don't care. I don't care. I don't care what they may think of me. I'm happy-go-lucky. They say that I'm plucky, contented, and carefree. I don't care. Should know her etiquette. Alas, alack, 
Propriety demands we walk a narrow track. When fellas used to blink at me, I'd freeze them and they'd shrink at me. But now when fellas wink at me, I wink at them right back. I don't care, I don't care if people frown on me. Perhaps it's the lone way, but I go my own way. That's my philosophy. Or just a millionaire There's no 